Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, which is all about music and creative culture in London. Today's episode has a little over 20 minutes worth of conversations with people, and listeners, that could honestly be an hour. I encountered so many interesting people and so many stories. I found myself, one, conflicted about how long I wanted this episode to be, and two, I, w- I almost wish there was a f- I could just almost wear a t-shirt that says I'd like to record our conversation for my podcast because I'd be talking to someone then the conversation would get really interesting and I'd think man I wish I'd pressed record at the start of this but of course you have to have the conversation of do you mind if I record etc (laughs) etc it's it's almost like I'm becoming a little deluded and just thinking every conversation is potential content and I have to understand there is a, a balance, there's a difference. Sometimes there are conversations that can build towards a particular narrative for an episode or can be around an event. And sometimes there are conversations which are just conversations. So that's my own little battle to to work on. Today's episode was recorded, so for the slight existential crisis there, let's get back on track. Today's episode was recorded at Harry Quinn's gig that I first mentioned earlier this week. I went to the courtyard on Pitfield Street, which is just a short walk away from Old Street Station. And you get off the train at Old Street Station, head towards Liverpool Street almost, so then you just turn left before, turn left after the Sainsbury's. And you walk for about five minutes, and I swear it's like entering another world. I won't go too much into it because I bring it up a little bit with one of the people I talk to. But first, I keep forgetting about this feature. I'm trying to make it more prominent. The shout-out for today's episode is Hoxton Fish House, which is a fish and chip shop just across the road from the music venue I was at last night. First of all, one of the people I speak to recommended it. I went there after the gig because I was a bit hungry. I'm so, so, so broke. But I sometimes I forget that fact and spend money as if I can afford things. And the next day I think, why? Why on earth did I spend that money? But I went to Hoxton Fish House, got myself a large chips with cheese. And just was passing the time talking to the owner. He's lived in London a long time. Been here like 20 years. Really likes the area, etc. Then I started talking to his son. Because I was saying how much I love the area and I might go for a bit of a scenic route walk back to the train station. And he quite rightly said, just be careful you don't get jumped. And I said, oh, you know what? That's a fair point. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll stick to the main well-lit streets. Ended up talking to him for quite a bit. He's got a SoundCloud. He's trained in MMA. He's 17. And it was a really interesting look into the mind of a 17-year-old man. And the chips were absolutely huge. They put it in this big box. It was a, it was a meal for three people. I couldn't finish it. I ended up sharing it with a homeless person who was just by Liverpool Street Station. And I gave him my can of Coke as well. I, I don't know what I was thinking. So they get my shout out. Today's episode. I went to Harry Quinn's gig because he has been a fantastic performer at the open mic nights I've been doing. And he's the first that I can think of right now. There might be others and I apologise if I can't remember them. But he's the first that really comes to mind performer who it looks like he's going somewhere with it and any chance I get to try and support and champion him I want to jump on so went to the show first time at this venue first time seeing him 
I've completely fallen in love with the place. I thoroughly, thoroughly intend to become a part of it because, as you, dear listener, have probably noticed over the course of me recording these episodes, I've encountered some very interesting people who seem to be at the start of their potential music careers. As much as I enjoy talking to them for the podcast, I would like to become a more substantial part of the pipeline of talent in this town. So if I can get in touch with a venue and become someone who can help to feed artists toward that venue, and then maybe be part of the connection between these new and upcoming artists and established figures in the industry and get those two paths to meet and then help, just help keeping that wheel spinning, this feels like a first step. So the people you'll hear me talk to in today's episode... Yeah, and I really, I recognise, I see the time that this introduction has gone on for, and you know what, I'm okay with it. I've, I'm at peace with how long these intros are becoming. Because, I don't know why. I've, when I was in the earlier stages of doing this, I would try very hard to keep it under two, three minutes. I'd record take after take, because I thought I went on too long. Now, now I'm more relaxed about it. You can listen to this at your leisure. And there are no rules to this thing, so if I, if I wanted a 30-minute intro, I'll do a 30-minute intro. I won't do a 30-minute intro. (laughs) Back to this intro, anyway. (laughs) It's because I'm seeing the Foo Fighters tonight with VIP access, thanks to the incredibly generous spirit of Henry, the guitarist for Starcrawler. I am very glad I got a Starcrawler t-shirt now, because I will be wearing that proudly when I go to that show. I'm getting sidetracked again. Let's bring it back on. Let's bring it back on. The first people you hear me talk to on today's episode are Paul Quinn, father of one Harry Quinn, the star of last night's show. Dan Caleb, who is another performer who's been to some of my open mic nights in the past. I recognized him while we were waiting outside, and I approached him and said, haven't I seen you at one of my open mics before? Then we got talking, and then we were approached by the next person you hear me talking to, Adam Kay, who is a fantastic, a phenom, if you will, when it comes to open mic performances. Every time he plays one of our open mics, he starts a new band with some of the other performers. The man is charisma personified. So the first conversation has been between myself, Paul Quinn, Harry's father, Dan Caleb, and Adam Kay. And in actual fact, I recorded the conversation, then said thank you very much and stopped, and then pressed record again because Adam was talking some real home truths that I thought were worthy of recording. And he did bring up GDPR as well, so apologies for abusing your privacy there a little bit. But I did announce that I pressed record again, but I'll I'll work on that in future. The next conversation is with the main sound engineer of the venue. His name is Justin Greeley. So the bar is separate to the live space, which is always a plus with a venue, because it means if people want to go and talk, They have a separate area to do that that won't disturb the performance. When the bar is to the side or at the back of where the stage is, if the performer isn't that well known and they're performing something quieter, you get to a point where the conversations, the talking that's happening at the bar can start to compete for volume with the performance. And that can be a bit jarring. I can imagine it's very off-putting for the performer as well. I see it quite a lot at the open mics. Whereas this place, the space for the live music is just for that. So if you want, to, if you see someone you know and you want to talk, you can leave that space and go to the bar if you want to. It also means, as I learned last night, that you can have all ages shows because, at least according to Justin anyway, because the bar is not in the same place as the live space, which is interesting. So I go into the live space. The first act of the night is performing. Her name is Kira. Or Ciara. I didn't quite catch how you say her name. My apologies if I said that wrong. But I was 
a little bit distracted in the best way by the person doing the sound because they were they clearly had someone shadowing them and they were explaining in rough basic terms what x and y and z does and i was so encaptured just by that short explanation that i wanted to shadow this person too so that's who i get to talk to in the second conversation his name is justin greeley he has been involved in live sound engineering for a very long time and he's also involved in tutoring others in the art and the craft of sound engineering and hopefully he'll be tutoring me as well watch this space so he's my second conversation. We pop outside, so apologies for the wind you might hear and people walking back and forth. It is quite the vibrant area. This is Hoxton. It's where it's all happening, so I'm told. Then I get to talk to Mr. Harry Quinn himself about the show he's about to play, the run-up to it, the run-up to the album. It's a little bit more about where he's come from and how he's come to be such a fantastic performer. He's And he even mentions that he's listened to this podcast. He mentioned how he listened to me and my sister cooking in the kitchen. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a little too real. <laughs> I have yet to really encounter people that have listened to this thing. But thank you. And then after Harry, he was going to be my last conversation because it's his night. But I got talking to someone else in the crowd after Harry finished who was so interesting. And mentioned how he's got new material coming out, but he's not so great at the self-promotion aspect. So when he said that, I couldn't not record him. So the last conversation you'll hear is with Ali Ajel, who is a superhero by day and a rock star by night. But I'll let, you exp- I'll let him explain it more in his own words. So first I talk to Paul Quinn, Dan Caleb and Adam Kay. Then I speak to Justin Greeley. Then I speak to Harry Quinn. And then I speak to Ali Ajel. So do enjoy these conversations. And then I'll meet you at the end for a little bit of original music and another maybe let's see this intro has been my phone is not lighting up this intro has been 10 minutes so maybe i'll do a 20 minute outro i don't know i'm just in that kind of weird headspace i'll stop talking now because i could just keep going and going and going and going and going please enjoy these conversations and i'll see you in a bit i have pressed the court so we are down we're in the courtyard the courtyard theater yes just near Old Street Station. I'm here with a few of the guests of tonight's performer. Can you introduce yourself, please? I'm Paul Quinn. Father of tonight's star. I'm Dan Caleb. I'm a good friend of Harry's and a big fan of Harry's as well. Uh, Hello. This is Adam Kay's father. Uh, uh, Adam Kay's going to try and make it later, hopefully. (laughs) Thank you all for the lovely introductions. So I'll start with you, Paul, if that's okay. Do you remember when Harry first started playing music? Actually, I, I can't remember. It was so far back. Wow. He's, uh, he's always been interested in music. As far as back as I can remember, he's been carrying a guitar around with him. So it's a long, long time, and I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to put a time scale on it. <laughs> was anyone else in the family musically inclined? Uh, yeah, my, my wife does a lot of singing. She, um, um, she runs a choir in, in Norfolk. And they do a lot of singing in local churches and charity uh, for charity that raises a lot of money locally. So it's a musical. There. No, no, nothing from my side, <laughs> I'm afraid. No. Was Harry a choir boy once upon a time then? No, I don't think so, no. no. There was photos of that. No, no, well, yeah, that's right. 
So you've always seen Harry kind of carrying his guitar around. Has he always taken it seriously then, or do you think it's a hobby and then it seems to grow into something? It's, it's certainly been a, a hobby, and I think he got to a stage in, it, in his life when he decided that actually this is what he wanted to do with his life, and then he took put his heart and soul into it, and he's been full-time trying to improve his craft and uh, write songs and, and play music as, as often as possible. Have you seen him perform before? I've, I've, I've only been to one gig. We, we live in Norfolk and it's a bit of a trek coming down yeah. here. And uh, yeah, it's a great shame that we can't see him, see him more, more often. But uh, certainly listen to as much as we can on, uh, on the internet, on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So this is my second gig. For Harry, right. second gig. So it's not it's not a good record, really. I should have seen a lot more. But, I didn't um, want to say anything. But that's <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, I think it's, it's all of our first time seeing him perform. Uh, no, I've, I've seen Harry on many occasions myself. Uh, I find him wonderful, rather talented, and it's pretty obvious that he's honed his craft already. Even though he has more to go, I think he's already got a style, and that's very very obvious. That might be the smoothest radio voice I've ever heard. Thank you podcast. so much. Thank you so much. So, Dan, when did you first encounter Harry? Do you remember when you first met him? Yeah, yeah, it was a couple of years ago at an open mic in Hammersmith at the Distillers Open Mic. And I remember just being really blown away by especially his guitar playing and how percussive it was. Yeah. Um, also, his voice is incredible. Um, so I just, I remember just introducing myself. Uh, it was, it was... I wouldn't say one of the first open mics I played, but I was quite new to the open mic scene. Um, I just introduced myself uh, and we started talking about other guitarists we like, other musicians, and yeah, that's how I got to know Harry. Now I see him like most me- most weeks at open mics, but it's the first time I'm seeing him play with the band, so I'm really excited to see that. Same here. I think we've just been called in. Mr. Quinn, I hope you're not blushing too much from all the praise. He's trying to call you in. We just very quickly, uh, Dan and Adam, where can people find your music online? Because I know you're both constant performers at the open mic scene. You got some stuff out there that we can check out? You know what I say at the end of my gig all the time where they can find me, and I don't think it's appropriate for this. Particularly, I, I, I do it for love, I don't do it for notoriety, uh, so I'm not online. The only really good place that I recommend people should look at is the UK Open Mic Forum, which uh, you'll find on YouTube, I believe, and oh, it's a great forum. These guys have at least four to five open mics per week, run by a wonderful chap, by the way. Uh-huh. What can you tell us about this chap? <laughs> they call him Roy. Oh, do they? I'm not sure if that's his real name, but we'll 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 run for, with that for now. Now I'm the one that's blushing. Chinese origin, I believe. <laughs> Dan, what about you? Have you got anything online? Is it mostly just live performances at the moment? I've got a single that I released quite recently on Spotify and all the places you can download and stream music. Uh, so if you look up Dan Caleb on Spotify etc and if you look at want to find me on Instagram or Facebook Dan Caleb Music is probably the best place to find me definitely. we'll definitely do that folks thank you all so much Pete, for your time where's your website where, where can we find where's your, your music? music where can we find any music I have a in my construction in my car stereo <laughs> what's the name of the choir, the, uh, choir that your wife runs uh, 
<laughs> Phoenix, the Phoenix Singers. Wow. Phoenix Singers. Check them out. Right. Oh, everyone's got a plug in there. Thank you very much, guys. Let's enjoy this show. Thank you. Great job. Great job. So I, my heart goes out to him because I, I took three months off to took it full time yeah. and I thought there's no way on earth I'd be able to do this. Like when I perform, you've got to have the energy. Mine are quite energetic performances. Very easy to have an off day. In fact, the chances of you having an off day, I would say, is probably 70%. Right? Yeah, chances yeah. of something going wrong on stage, 100%. Right. So it teaches you a lot about life where sod's law, right? If anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. So I get up expecting something to go wrong. And it's the art of knowing how to recuperate. Exactly. Dan and I were saying the exact same. By the way, so I'm, I'm still recording because that was gold. This is stuff I'm trying You're to capture. Recording. Yeah, I pressed stop. GDPR, bro. <laughs> I'll censor the names, but yeah, Dan and I were just saying before we came over here about how when you first start, because I first started a cappella, yeah. I kept putting off starting open mics, and I said no. I've got a lot of unfinished music, I had a melody with no lyrics, I said I'm going to get on the train, by the time I get there I better have something. Yeah. So I showed up with some lyrics on the evening standard of that day, yeah. microphone in hand, and just went for it. It was one of Romeo's nights, Romeo's the other person who does the open yeah. mics. And He's great, it was, I like Romeo. Romeo's a fantastic guy. So you could, I was meant to do tonight's open mic, but I had to let Romeo do it because I had to be able to support our boy Harry. We all feel we've got a stake in his success. I've joked before that... I think Romeo's Roy's sidekick, from what I remember, and he just fills in whenever. Those are, those are Adam's words. Those are Adam's that's words. Adam's, that's <laughs> words. Okay, now I'll definitely stop, but thank you very much, guys. Thank you. So I am just outside the venue. It's called the Courtyard Theatre, yes, right? Yes, Courtyard Theatre on Pitfield Street in uh, Hoxton. And what's your name, please? Uh, my name's Justin Greeley. I'm the house engineer. How long have you been with this venue? Uh, about three years now. Uh, I actually uh, brokered a deal with the service company and installed the PA system, uh, and I look after it. There are several other engineers who work here, uh, but, uh, yeah, I uh, do most of the live work here, and I'm their sort of audio consultant. I fix things. So did it become a live music venue after you arrived? No, no, it's been a live music venue for some time, but they didn't really have any sound equipment. It was mostly acoustic shows. And yeah, yeah, actually, stop it. Um, yeah, um, essentially they hired me because the uh, level of technical support in the venue was so poor, they booked bands and there was no equipment, basically. Everybody complained how bad the sound was. And so I got involved. I run a, a teaching website called Soul Sound. Right. I've been teaching audio for years, uh, and it was actually uh, my business partner. Uh, it was a friend of the owner, and he called her, and she called me, and I got involved. And uh, since I've been involved, uh, the uh, the standard of performance has got considerably better. Uh, we're now used by some quite decent booking agents. Uh, Live Nation users to uh, audition small bands for festivals, for example. Uh, there's, uh, yeah, we do things. I mean, we've had some quite big acts here. We did a Tori Amos album launch recently. We did uh, Daphne, who uh, we've done some quite reasonable shows here. Um, the venue has several great advantages. Uh, it's small, it's very close to central London, but it's a little bit off the beaten track. Uh, and also, there is no bar in the room 
which means we can do all ages shows. Yes. So we can do lots of kiddie pop music, uh, and you know, do, people can get their last tube home at half past ten or whatever. Um, and it's a great little space. You know, it's only two hundred capacity. It's a small PI system, uh, but we have a lot of fun in there. Yeah. We really do. I mean, I've been here for all of about five minutes, and I'm already pretty much in love with it. I walked mm. in and heard you giving a little bit of a tutorial about the sound, and I was so impressed by the way you were explaining it and how wonderful the space feels. And I'm very much in love with this neighbourhood as well. You, it's so easy to forget you're just around the corner from central London. I can mm. see the shard from where we are, but there's, there's tennis courses, there's basketball courses, kids and swings. It feels like I'm in the suburbs. Yeah. whilst in central London we've got a great fish and chip shop and a really good pub that does the best pizzas in North London as well <laughs> so yeah it's a great place to work and the team here are really good people you know it's all about the venue and the performances there's no egos we just get on with it you know uh, I quite happily do stuff that's outside of my remit as does everybody else here how long have you been doing so how long have you been doing sound in general well uh, I've been a professional sound engineer for 36 years now has that always been in London, or is that elsewhere in the um, No, I started off running a small sound company in the Midlands. Mm-hmm. Actually, a little PA company based in North Nottinghamshire. I did that for a few years, and um, at a certain stage I realised that I was working to pay for the equipment. So I sold all, everything except a space echo and a box of microphones and got on a train. Right. And came to London. That would have been 1984. Wow. So, uh, and... Uh, yeah, you know, I spent some time slumming it, living in squats, sofa surfing and all of that, but I've been living here ever since. So how many, what other venues have you been involved with mm. in London? I imagine there must be quite a few. Mm. Lots of them over the years. Uh, my current house gigs, uh, I work here. Uh, I also do in-house at the uh, London Palladium and the, the Apollo, Hammersmith Apollo. Uh, uh, I work for the company who uh, run the PA systems that are in those venues. Uh, who are based in the Midlands and um, yeah they're, they're my principal venues I also work at XOYO club just over there cool, and yeah. the village underground which is down at the bottom of Pitfield uh, of uh, Great Eastern Street uh, I also work in the fridge in well, it used to be the fridge it's now Brixton Electric from time to time um, and I have recently started doing shows in the Clapham Grand oh, right. but I'm a freelancer you know I, I also have some clients that I tour with I work for a band called the Libertines. I think I've um, heard of them, yeah. They're and, kind uh, of a big deal, yeah. Uh, I also uh, mix a little Swedish artist called Anna von Hauswolf, who's just amazing. I'm in the process of making a live record for her at the moment, actually, which is going to be a lot of fun. So when did teaching become a factor in what you do? Uh, oh, I guess uh, about 10 or 11 years ago now. Mm-hmm. I was initially approached by a college uh, called Alchemia, find them a live venue uh, for teaching purposes in London which I did, which was what was then the fridge in Brixton and um, they, uh, yeah I liked the people and they, so they asked me if I would be interested in getting on board and helping to uh, write and build the live sound course mm-hmm. which I did and then successfully taught for seven years till the college went bankrupt sadly because it was run by sound engineers not businessmen oh so you still, you mentioned a website, you still mm-hmm. teach online, online courses, is it? Well, not really, no. It's an online teaching resource. Okay. It's called soulsound.co.uk, uh, and essentially what I do is I teach to camera. And if you join the website, you have access to all the material. You also have access to some other f- quite serious benefits as well, like, for example, uh, very cheap public liability insurance. 
Uh, we do the best public liability deal that you will find uh, at the moment uh, as far as the price is concerned for the cover that you get. And it also gives you access to our website, which is uh, something that we're quite proud of, actually. That's soul sound one word. Soul sound all one word, .co.uk, yeah. And uh, that's run by my business partner, who's a South African woman called Darren De La Soul. Uh, and there are a number of sound engineers who contribute to it. I'm a partner in the business, as is my friend John Burton, who's uh, an old-time friend and colleague. Great sound engineer. He mixes the Prodigy and um, Tudor Cinema Club and uh, a, few, uh, a few other bands like that. Uh, he's mixing Richard Hawley at the moment, I believe. He has a studio in Sheffield as well. Um, so, so is that... Uh, is that educational tool geared towards live sound or does it involve very, very much and you mentioned you're recording a live recording as well do you do much in the way of recording artists or do you do oh. mainly focus on live performances I'm a live sound engineer and uh, most of the recording I do is of concerts uh, I do very little studio work uh, there's uh, there are more bums and seats in the studio game you know there's lots and lots of people who want to be studio engineers um, and who think that it's a, a fast track to hanging around with musicians and all of that, you know, uh, which it really isn't in this town anymore. You know, there are so many people who are just desperate to get behind the desk that, um, yeah, it's something, it's a market that I really don't want to get involved with either because I love touring. Uh, the whole thing for me is about the performance. You know, that's what music is all about. It's about the performance of it rather than the collecting of it. Uh, and for me, the magic happens with a bunch of people and a band in a room uh, that every now and again, it, there's a kind of magic that happens. It becomes greater than the sum of its parts. You know, there's an energy in a concert that you can't get anywhere else in life, yeah, which is why I can't give it up. It is the most addictive drug in the world. On that very romantic note, Justin, thank you so much for your time. And I will definitely be seeing you again. Thank you. Um, I might be able to give you a card, actually. You're going to come back in, are you? Absolutely. So I'm going to press okay. stop now. Thank you again for your time. Mm. Okay, now I am downstairs just in the hallway of the venue with the main attraction of tonight's event, Harry Quinn. How are you feeling right now? Uh, I've got to say I'm pretty pumped, boy. Pretty pumped. <laughs> you read it all over your face. Yeah. When was the last time you played a show like this? Uh, this is probably the first time of something of this size and venue. Uh, I've played some stuff outside of London. This has been like, the main one in London coming up. So. so talk me through when the plans for this night started. Um, so I released an album last year. And we had a launch outside London. A lot of the musicians that are here tonight playing with me um, are also from outside London. Um, so I was hoping to put something on in London. And then I said, oh, put it back, put it back, put it back, since the album. And then I've got a good re reaction from the album and everyone's saying, when can we have a band show? When can we have a band show? So then, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Eventually, um, cross paths with uh, Braden from Infoworks. Um, he's a promoter. And uh, he basically helped us get into this fine venue and uh, yeah it's looking really good it's got a nice little turnout pretty pleased you're and pretty graced by up. your presence as well Roy <laughs> beautiful oh, I've been listening it. to some of your podcast well, you and you're... your sister in the kitchen cooking <laughs> quality you really, you really quality do my research man much appreciate you so the album came out last year that's right how long was the running towards that when did you first make break ground on making an album uh, the album was recorded in summer of 2016, came out April of 2017, 
and then yeah, just been gigging, open micing, meeting fine people, snatches in the music scene. You're as fine as they come. And, and your dad's, not, that dad's a pretty cool guy as well. Yeah, my dad's pretty chill until he's, you know, <laughs> throwing stuff around the room. But no, he's like, I was asking him about when you first started playing music. He said he can't remember a time, really, when you weren't carrying a guitar around. Yeah. When, when in your words, when did this little bottle with music start? Um, basically, middle school, there was a sort of a really cool hippie-ish uh, teacher. And um, he just had guitar happening every assembly. He had loads of guitars just locked away in this little cupboard and gave guitar lessons. So that's just, the, the, the click happened and uh, it's just Baltimore music outside the class. So it's, it's perfect. I haven't really looked back since. Uh, I've been playing since about nine, nine years old. Wow. It shows because you are really talented. Like, first of all, you're very talented. But the way in which you perform, you are like a whole band by yourself. It's very percussive, you've got like bass line riffs as well as the chords as well. Was there a time when that particular style started to develop? Um, yeah, probably in the last four or five years. Uh, I've been really taking songwriting seriously. Um, and it's just also playing more places, you, you sort of, how can I, when it's just me and the guitar, how can I make it big and how do I get people listening and all that sort of stuff. Um, but also, obviously, try and keep it musical. Yeah. What can I do by myself? And this is the result. Obviously, tonight it's completely different because we got five musicians with me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Was that the case when it was record when you were recording the album? Was it a room full of musicians as well? Um, not at the same time. It was multi-tracked, um, but it's about the same sort of arrangement. So electric guitar, keys, yeah. bass, drums, backing vocals. And did that arrangement all come from you, or was it jammed with other people or anything um, like that? Yeah, most of the stuff I had demoed, and then I had a band at that point. Uh, the lineups changed slightly, but now we're, yeah, we sort of jammed stuff out, refined it a bit, and then recorded it. Fantastic. So, we've come to this stage where you're performing with a full band. Are you already looking ahead towards what the next step will be? Is there more music looking to come out on the horizon? Yeah, there's, shows? There's, so tonight we're playing half songs from the album and half brand new songs that haven't been recorded. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, basically, there's a whole album's worth of stuff that's ready to be recorded. It's just uh, finding the right people and the right the time and the, the money to put it all together. So I'm guessing harryquinnmusic.com, is that right? That's the one. That's where we should check out what's coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Harry, thank you so much for tonight. Ah, thank you. So you're absolutely going to kill it. And I'll let you start doing your vocal warm-ups and your la-la-la-la-las. <laughs> thank you again, man. See you soon. Hi, Harry first. I, I press record. I, I too want to say hi to Harry, but he's being mobbed by his yeah. fans right now. So kind of waiting patiently in line. The show's just finished. I'm here with one of Harry's many, many, many fans. What's your name, sir? My name is Ali Ajel. Ali, Ali Ajel. how do you know Harry? Uh, I met Harry at the Institute of Contemporary Music Performance, actually. We, um, he did the high diploma guitar and I did high diploma vocals, but then I did the songwriting degree and he just finished the high diploma, but we remained friends uh, since then, and uh, we started writing together, performing together. Yeah, uh, you yeah. performed together quite recently, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we did perform together this week actually on Monday for my album launch uh, gig. It was a house gig. I, it was happening at my place. So, so we just and, uh, kind of rocked up and said, "Let me join in." Uh, no, actually, I I really wanted the the whole uh, kind of message of my project is bringing people together from different backgrounds and get them to 
perform their work and their music and um, and get people to really connect through music so it's about really it's about it's a it's about celebrating diversity and and trying to overcome cultural barriers and using the music as a tool for that that's the whole that's the message of my music and that's and the style of my music is actually fusion of arabic and and western folk pop music uh, because yeah i think music is a great tool to to integrate that's a yeah. very wholesome message and very, very much needed Thank you very much. in Thanks. these times. Thank you. When you are not rocking out on the stage, how do um, you pass the time? Uh, <laughs> good question. I actually, uh, I happen to be a medical doctor uh-huh. and I work, I work in the emergency department. So that's what I do. I do four Just days a week. to save yeah. lives. You know, yeah. No big deal. Not a big deal. No, I'm, I'm so used to it now. I don't, yeah, I don't make too much of it. So, so did you like study medicine and then study yes, music? Yes, I did, um, I did a degree in medicine. I graduated and then I decided that that wasn't enough. So I decided to do another degree. Medicine <laughs> wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just happened to have like, like, those two conflict in size. I have a very scientific kind of uh, structured side, and I also seem to have a creative side. Um, and I wanted to do both. And you've done both to a very impressive degree. Thank you very much. So, where can people find your music? When is the album uh, coming out? So, my album, which is my debut album, actually, I've been working on it for like two years and a half. Uh, it's going to be out on the sixth of July, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, it's going to be available on all digital platforms, really. Spotify, iTunes, uh, everywhere, Amazon. Um, yeah, and I think four, four singles from my album have already been released, so people can, can you know, check them out if they'd like to. Is there a website or anything? Uh, I, I have a Facebook page. I don't have a website. I'm working on that. But I do have a Facebook page, and it has my name, Ali Ajel. Um, Ali, A-L-I, Ajel, A-J-E-L. So they can check me out there if they want to. Fantastic. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. And let's go and give uh, Harry a nice big sweaty hug. Thank you. Thanks. And that was that. Thank you once again to everyone I spoke to. Paul Quinn, Dan Caleb, Adam Kay, Justin Greeley, Harry Quinn, and Ali Ajel. Thank you to all the people I spoke to who I didn't record, including Harry's mum, who is an absolutely wonderful woman, and both parents are very, very proud of their son as well. They should be. His dad recorded the entire show on a tripod with a camera and a separate microphone as well. Everyone in that room was just super proud of Harry and really supporting him. He's such a thorough performer. His band was fantastic as well. I... I'm burping now. I'm I'm really, really nervous about what I'm going to tonight, and that's why I've been rambling in the intro, and I'll try not to ramble so much in the outro. I'm going to the London Stadium for the first time, getting access to all areas, whatever that means, for the first time, seeing the Foo Fighters for the first time, interviewing Starcrawler, and I talked to them a little bit previously in a couple of episodes ago, but now I feel like, rats, do I need to study up and really make sure I give them some hard-hitting questions or something? I'm getting in my own head. And yeah, so that's what's happening over here. Not, not so much with my own music. Uh, thank you to everyone that performed last night. The names of said performers completely escaped me. And because I am hell-bent on sticking to one take when I do these things, I'm going to run downstairs because all of the performers were kind enough to sign one of the posters for me. 
So Harry Quinn, Harry Quinn, Harry Quinn was headlining. He had two artists on before him. And bear with me, I'm just running downstairs to get the poster out of my bag. Uh, yeah, thank you to all the people I spoke to that I didn't record, including Harry's mum, who is absolutely wonderful. The people that work in the bar, Justine and Josh. Hassan, who worked at the chip shop across the corner. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone. I, I spoke to a whole bunch of people last night. It was just, there was so much love in that room. This is me unfurling the poster. So it was Harry Quinn, supported by Joe Garvey, who was also fantastic. Again, I wanted to record him, but I was somewhat aware of how long this episode was going to be. I also didn't realise I'd be rambling for about five hours on this episode. And Kira Vizard, or Ciara Vizard, I'm going to guess Kira. Kira Vizard, whose CD I bought after she signed my post as well. They were the support acts. They were all fantastic as well. Just a whole bunch of amazing musicians last night. Harry's mum was telling me they haven't rehearsed too much. And I glimpsed Harry's set list on the stage. Most set lists, I've got quite a few on my wall. I wish I took one of Harry's actually now. It's just a scribbled list of the songs that the artist is going to play. But for Harry, he had the song names. He had the BPMs, the key, the time signatures, the key that they were in. All printed out for each performer. That's how thorough and serious he is about what he does. And he's an amazing performer. He, I, I just really wish the best for him. And whatever I can do to help, I am happy to do. Uh, okay, I should pro- I should really wrap this up. Oh yeah, play music, don't I? Uh, what am I going to play? What am I going to play? I've got. So- I feel like I've got a lot I need to do to get ready for today's show. But I don't know what it is. It's all just a jumbled mess in my mind. Hence the rambling, hence the procrastinating. Okay, so what I'm going to do is put my phone down. Three minutes. That's not too. Three minutes forty seconds. That's not too bad. Phone down. Oh, pick up my guitar lead. Plug that in. Plug in the pedal. That's on. Switch on the amp. That's on. Strum. My guitar is on. I have a plectrum. Oh. Okay, so a bit loud. I'll do. Talking to Dan before the recorded conversation, he was telling me about other open mics that he plays. One of them is on Mondays by Old Street again. And I was talking to him about whether he knows which open mics let you use backing tracks, because as I mentioned in a previous episode, I'd rather perform to a backing track that I really should get to work on preparing so I can give the listener a better idea of what the finished product is of the music I play. In the meantime, I'm just playing with me and the guitar. So I'm doing some slight adjustments to the songs I play so that it makes more sense on just the guitar. So one of those songs of the Midnight series, one the rhythm guitar just does this. And the lead guitar plays along with the vocal line, then it plays a bit of a solo. It's the bass that keeps that really evolves. It's the bass and drum that evolve and take the song from start to finish. They build and build and build. Someday I will put the recorded version up, but for now, this is... So whereas the recorded version, the lead guitar plays a solo to the tune of... 
over those chords. When it's just one guitar and me, I start by playing these chords, and then I turn it into Yeah, that'll do. Otherwise, I really will be here for another 20 minutes. Thank you for listening. You can find me online at Saddest Night Out, all one word, on Instagram or Twitter. Please do consider donating to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Saddest Night Out. All I'm looking for is a pound a month because your boy is out here. I don't think I own a pair of socks without holes in. That's the kind of life I'm living. But I'm about to see Foo Fighters VIP. <sighs> Calm down, Roy. Just breathe. Just breathe. You know what's got me really nervous? It's the fact that, at most gigs, I feel very out of place just by default. At Starcrawl, I felt very out of place. I'm pretty sure I was the only black guy in their crowd. But those guys are incredibly talented, and they put on a hell of a show, so I'm, I'm going to be there. But Foo Fighters' VIP area, also on the bill, by the way, are Slaves, one of whom I've interviewed before, well, I've talked to briefly, Isaac, and The Kills. These are people who, and I would put Starcrawler in the same group. These are people who fit the bill of the definition of cool. The kinds of people you'd be surprised to see without a leather jacket on or a denim jacket. Just they, this, they walk in the room and you can tell they are rock stars. I am categorically 100% do not fit that profile. And the fact that I, I don't know what to expect, the fact that I might be in a room filled with people like that makes me nervous. And you are definitely getting some of that nervous energy right here on the mic. But hey, we've come this far. <laughs> Knock on wood, how bad could it be? Okay, now i definitely sign off. Thank you very much for listening. I, will st- I don't know what I'll have to tell you tomorrow, but I'll, at some point I will see you tomorrow. Take care.